Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone, Kate here. Just a little heads up. The episode you're about to hear varies in style slightly due to the fact that it was recorded at Acast HQ in front of a live studio audience and is a kind of lead-out show for what is going to be a six-month campaign on behalf of Acast who support all kinds of podcasts to populate and drive the conversation around menopause. We are thrilled that they wanted to kick things off with us on White Wine Question Time. So in conversation with me today at Acast HQ, I'm joined by a menopause expert, Dr. Lydia Robertson, and my best friend, Tamsin Outhwaite, an incredible actress and now the founder of a charity that helps women who are pretty much broken and on their knees during the years of menopause. Enjoy. I promise it's more fun than I just made it sound. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of White Wine Question Time, which sees the last in our shows this month, marking Menopause Awareness Month. And today, we're coming to you from Acast HQ in East London with an audience. Let me <laughs> Who are doing the drinking for us today? Because I need um, my guests on their very best form. I have two very special guests with me today. And I think, you know, across the month, what we've tried to do with the shows on White Wine Question Time for Menopause Awareness Month, my hope was that we could create a series of conversations that would serve as an audio first aid kit 
for menopause and perimenopause. Something that can live on this feed um, as a point of reference when it comes to everything you need by way of facts and information to guide you through what is an entirely inevitable and entirely natural life stage. And my hope is that you leave these episodes with enough trustworthy, fact-checked, medically supported information to then go and make an educated choice for yourself about how you want to manage your way through whatever menopause looks like for you. Now, for some women, they're just going to sail through it. They might get hot one Wednesday afternoon, and that's the end of that. And brilliant for them. Um, Jealousy doesn't even begin to cover it for me. But for some women... That just isn't the case. And with perimenopause and menopause eating up what can be years and sometimes decades of our lives, we wanted to explore both what's happening to our bodies and how it impacts us mentally and physically and how we can better manage it, be it with HLT, with alternative therapies or lifestyle changes and choices. And to help me do that... First up, Dr. Lydia Robertson, a menopause specialist who works alongside Dr. Naomi Potter at Menopause Care, which is Britain's largest team of British Menopause Society accredited doctors and healthcare professionals. So thank you so much, Lydia. This is your first time on mic, I believe. It is, yes. So uh, very yeah, grateful to be here. <laughs> very grateful for your presence today. Alongside her is a woman who's been a guest on this show um, several times now. She's my best friend. She is a brilliant actress and she is now the founder of We Free Women, which is a charity she's set up to offer women fully funded places on wellbeing retreats that specialise in natural therapies that can help women as they navigate menopause. So please welcome Dr. Lydia and Tamsin Outhwaite. <laughs> ah. Ah. It's nice, they're pleased to see you. It's really good to have you both here today because you act as bookends on this conversation in a really important way, I think. I wanted to knit together in this episode the many ways in which we can treat and support ourselves through menopause and perimenopause. And I know that you sit before me with a lot of the answers. Lydia, you've got all the medical knowledge we need. Um, And then Tam, you've gone out and you have not only tackled your perimenopause from a medical stance, but also you've opened up all kinds of therapies and natural ways and lifestyle changes that you've adopted and introduced to your life to make this an easier season for you as a as a woman. Um, so I wanted to explore some of that. You're up for it? Yes. Definitely. Come on, let's go. <laughs> okay. First things first, Lydia. What is perimenopause and what is menopause? Because one is way longer than the other, and I think it will, people will be shocked to know how quick you are in menopause for. Yes, exactly. So perimenopause is the journey to menopause. Menopause is actually just one day of our life. It's one year after our last, our final bleed. And then after that, we are post-menopausal after that. So menopause is one day. And the perimenopause is that journey from being a fertile woman to no longer being fertile. And it's very individual. For some women, that can be quite quick and only be a few months transition to that. But for other women, it's much a longer, slower process. So the average is around four years, but it can last 10 years. And many women notice symptoms from their early 40s as they're experiencing fluctuations in their hormones um, and a gradual decline over that time. And it can be confusing because there are periods of time when hormones are okay and we're feeling all right, and other times when they're not so. That's because they move around. And they we'll move around. To that. They keep you on your toes. Yeah. But as a, as a fact, right, Tam, I watched your face then 
Perimenopause is what it's all about. And I don't know about you, but I didn't even know what perimenopause was until about five years ago when I went into it. And let me tell you, it wasn't a welcome discovery. I wish I'd been better prepared. So I think there's so much work to be done, which is why it's so brilliant that ACAST are devoting six months of ongoing conversation around this so that we are taking the scary out of menopause. And in so many ways, I almost want to stop using that word right now because it just reflects one day. Let's talk about perimenopause. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the marathon, my friends. <laughs> that's the marathon. When did you realize you were in perimenopause, Tam? Um, when we were filming in lockdown, we were filming on our iPhones a series called Done Breeding that our friend had written that you were in. Uh-huh. And um, Julie Graham had written it, and it was all about five friends, six friends going through the menopause. I didn't know really what the menopause was. When my mum was alive, I remember asking her what happened when you went through the menopause, and she said, I got hot one afternoon, literally. <laughs> literally. And I remember she got a bit grumpy at some point. But that was it. So I thought genetically, that's probably what will happen to me. We were filming Dumb Breeding, and all of these symptoms that were coming out in the script, in the drama, were like, oh, I've got a bit of that. I feel a bit like that. Yeah, I've put on weight. And then Kate Thornton phoned me up, and I said, I'm feeling a bit weird. Julie Graham called me up as well, and they both said, we've got the rage. And the rage looked like it was really serious and hardcore. And they said, get some HRT because this is about to kick in. The rage will kick in at some point and it can be preventative. Go and get some HRT because the other symptoms are there. So that's how it happened for me. I was filming a, a series about the menopause and then my two friends that were going through menopause called me and I took preventative action. And I did, I had the absolute luck of phoning up my GP and she was a specialist in um, women's health which is very rare I hear. Yeah. So Tam won the lottery of GP life because as we'll, we'll establish throughout this conversation so when you go and train to become a doctor um, you don't have to study menopause you don't have to know anything about it to receive your qualification and you're under no obligation to learn about it as you go it's entirely optional and when you do it's like an e- module that you can learn online and and okay that's the way it's always been but is that okay that 51% of the population will go through menopause and your doctor is not obliged to know even just the basics about how to recommend treatments for you and this is where a whole world of pain unfolds because women get misdiagnosed or doctors are afraid uh, to to prescribe medicines that they don't fully understand or conditions that they don't fully understand. And this is where it all starts to unravel. And it, it comes at a time in a woman's life when by the time, certainly I'd got the courage up to go and see my doctor, I was such a mess that the first, the first doctor's appointment was just me trying to translate what I was trying to say through sobs and snotty tears, really. I was just like, you've got to help me. I don't know who I am anymore. I felt like I'd been burgled and stolen and um you're you're so lucky if you get the right doctor as i covered off in previous episodes with lisa snowden i kissed a i kissed a lot of frogs before i found my princess in dr naomi potter who works alongside you lydia and i know that by the time i've, I've fed a lot of my friends through to you guys and just said you've got to go and speak to them because you will be heard and understood and that's the first step i think to getting help 
And also the talking, like I've learned so much from Kate. I've only met you today and I've already learned so much just about how to take it, your HRT. And Kate is spreading the word really brilliantly and you've learned from Lisa Snowden. So I think it's so important now that to keep talking about it because the stigma before was like, oh no, you don't talk about that. And people used to say, oh, she went a bit funny when she was a bit older. They used to say that. like. But also kinda... women used to die around menopause. Seriously, so we live longer now. So actually it would be like an end of life condition. <laughs> Seriously, you're looking shocked in the audience, sir. But no, seriously, I mean, our life expectancy now, we hit perimenopause. For me, it was early 40s. I'm like, I hope I'm only halfway there. So it's not end of life, it's midlife. And you're just hitting your stride in so many other ways. Um, that's kind of the frustration. Um, there are many frustrations. The irony being that, you know, I rem you, you told me today that I recommended you start taking HRT. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't no. remember that call. I also remember you phoned me up and you went, I've got all the symptoms. I've put on loads of weight. I, my memory's completely gone. And I can't remember the other one. It was like, <laughs> it was continual, like, oh, but I've got to tell you this. But I can't remember what it was. Yeah. It was just And us. then you'd get a voice note 45 minutes later going, it was potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, one thing I will say, and I think that we're very lucky to have this as a, as a friendship group, is A, we've got access to great doctors. Yes. Right? And we're talkers. And some groups, some, some women don't talk. They don't go through this at the same stage. Our group, you know, we're talking about Julie Gray and me and Tam. We're all years apart. Um, so there's the chances of us all going through this in, in a similar time frame is, qu is quite unusual. Yeah, absolutely. And I think talking for me has been massive, finding the right doctor, also massive. And when you do go to that first doctor, what are the questions that you should be asking, Lydia? If, if, you're at, if your port of call is, is first stop GP who doesn't really know very much at all, how can you best represent yourself in that moment? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Often it's an emotional... Um, appointment you've been waiting maybe building yourself up to it am I ready do I need it um, so being armed with information is really important so being here learning uh, what it is knowing where to find good information um, sometimes downloading guidelines and nice guidelines you can take into your doctor which can really help guide the conversation writing things down before going into your consultation do you say it's often overwhelming we forget we don't know down. what we're going to say I walked in and went oh God, what did I want to say? And I've built myself up for this appointment. I'd waited three weeks. I should have written it down. Then I should have written down what she said, because I yeah. forgot. Then I got a prescription and I forgot how to take it. So then I had to get another appointment. And then I got a different doctor whose advice was this, read the leaflet. I literally cried and said, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't speak to people like that. She's like, what? Sorry. <laughs> And I just said, you don't know how fragile I am right now. And you just told me to read a leaflet. And I haven't got my glasses. And I can't see. <laughs> and I was so broken. And I just needed somebody to tell me what to do, not to dismiss me. And that's so, that's, that's so key. Yeah. And also, but equally, I'm expecting way too much from a general practitioner, right? Who's got seven minutes to talk to me. And I'm probably quite snappy and irritable. And I say probably, I mean totally was, probably. Most likely. I can't remember. So what, how do you go about it, though, when someone books yeah. an appointment? So you can ask for a double appointment if you know that's what you're going in for. Be brave and See, ask for that. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it does. Is that like a double vodka? <laughs> <laughs> double mats. 
yeah. I think asking the receptionist, you know, who is interested in the menopause, then you're more likely to end up with somebody who has got an interest in it because GPs, as you say, aren't all trained in it. And some GPs will have a more of an interest in it. So that can be helpful going along with a friend as well to support you who can take those notes because it's not easy. Um, as we've discovered today, HRT is very individual. Each regime is different. And it takes a bit of understanding. It's not taking one tablet every morning. That's not how it so works. So Tam's worked out today that you've been probably incorrectly taking your HRT. And how long have you been on it, Tam? Uh, since the pandemic for the first year, so 2020. Four years. No, three years. We're three not in 2024. Years. There you go. There's yeah. my memory again. <laughs> three years. Three years. Yeah, because I spoke to Julie, who was taking it completely differently. And so I started taking it how Julie was taking it. But she's menopause, not perimenopause. So... I've just been informed by Lydia that I've been, I've been taking it wrong the whole time. So tomorrow's a new day. Find the positive in everything. <laughs> I've learned something, many things today. Yeah, this is a trouble. It's good to talk, but there it are really so is. many different ways to take it. So comparing so, so bear with us as we kind of ramble our way through this, because what we're going to come on to is what treatments are available? Who can take it? Can you take certain treatments if you've got a history of, for example, breast cancer? We're going to get into all of that. And what if you don't want to take HRT? What else can you do? All of that is coming, but I want to kind of, first of all, set the scene as to how we're qualified to, to give that advice to you today. And, and I'm going to come to you, Tam, because one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot on the phone is being alone, right? We just both crave being alone in perimenopause to the point that like a holiday for me is just an empty house, three podcasts that I can listen to uninterrupted, and some cleaning products. <laughs> Welcome to 50-year-old me. <laughs> She's a ton of fun. And then I'd phone Tam. I've got my cleaning cloth in one hand. She's on loudspeaker. She's like, oh, everyone's out. I'm having a lovely time. Me too. She's cooking. I'm cleaning. We don't want to see each other. We get each other. But the, the, the highlight of our week is that alone time. Yeah. And you really built out from that. You, you harnessed the value of that and started going on holiday on your own. Yeah. Well, I think it... As someone that was very sociable, and, and you too, I knew that the menopause or the perimenopause had kicked in when noise was very annoying. People, everyone else was annoying, and the noise... Apart from menopausal people who were fine. Yeah, if they yeah. didn't talk. <laughs> I mean, I just... I, I don't think... I wasn't angry. That's the thing. I didn't feel like I was angry. I just felt like the sound of silence was so needed. And as a mum, and we live in a very busy house, and I talk a lot, I think what happened is I suddenly went into this space where I was very aware of going on retreats with my partner. We used to go to the body camp all the time. We loved it. What is I, the body camp, Tam, for the those body, that don't know? Uh, the body camp is a wonderful retreat that, that me and my partner have been on a few times. And it's for fitness. It's for positivity. It's for nutrition. It's in Mallorca. I've been to one in Ibiza. It's a reset, isn't it? It's a reset. And I just loved it. We both loved it. And then I got to a stage where I needed, I mean, what I learned there was how to reframe things. You're not starving. You're ready to refuel. You know, there were so many ways of how you talk to yourself in a positive way and how what positivity you put out there, how you treat yourself. It was a wonderful reset. And yeah, the exercise. It's, it's, it's not just exercise. No. It teaches you things like breath work. So I've, breath I've been work. as well. We've done breathing classes there that 
were fantastic. Yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that. And, and also the nutrition, nutrition is massive. Ben, the chef. So I think basically I w that was my intro into retreats. And then I started like ditching my bloke and wanting to go alone somewhere quieter, not doing so much exercise because... You know, as much as I love time with my man, I was starting on this journey of healing, of self-discovery, of who am I, self-acceptance, and alone time. And I think needing that took me on different journeys on retreats that took me to places that were in the Dolomites and Greece and not loads of exercise. Pilates, yoga, yes, because at this age, not running not doing high intensity hit training, but finding new ways and actually getting to know myself on my own. And your body. And my body, which was changing, and my mind, which was changing. And I think from someone that had spent a lot of time investing in, in other people, other people trying to fix things, fix problems, helping. Parenting. Parenting. And I think I just neglected myself. And suddenly I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm all right. I quite like myself again. My respect came back. The love for myself came back. And I, it, the actual turning point of how, I, how We Free Women came about was that I was in the Dolomites at Pradelhof and I had this healing session. And I was open to anything. When you're open to anything, I think you see more signs of serendipity and... Think just signs that you're on the right and path. And what is a healing session, Tam? Like, what, what, what happens so in one? So this particular healing session was like a, a, a shaman. And I don't know. I was open to it all. So I didn't really learn much about every individual treatment. I just went with it. You know my motto, flow like water, see what happens. Don't structure everything. And um, so I went into this healing session and I came out. I won't tell you what happened. You know, it was crazy but I came out and I thought I'd fallen asleep and he said you didn't fall asleep you were shaking for 40 minutes so I was like oh wow okay anyway he said don't go on your screen go back to your room and just relax and I went back to my room and I don't know how many hours passed but I felt this light feeling and that evening I wanted to thank the retreat just for what had happened it felt like a massive shift a spiritual and a healing and a soulful kind of a shift. And I, I put on Instagram, thank you. Because Instagram can be a cesspit, but it can also be m amazing for wonderful things. Yeah, and, a, and, a, and for creating community. Yeah, and We Free Women was born on Instagram because I put on thank you. Thank you to the healer and thank you for these sessions. This is what I've had, I feel clear. And the overwhelming response of women going, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. I don't have the money. I'm a single mom. I've got three kids. I can't possibly leave my kids for a, a night, never mind four nights. And, and suddenly all these people were coming up and I thought, actually, this is what is, is on... My path is now born from the fact that I can afford to go on these things. I'm a very fortunate human being. And I suddenly was like, why isn't self-care available to everyone why aren't these tools available to people that can't afford it or haven't got the time or just don't know about it they're not aware of it so basically on instagram within the next 12 hours practitioners reiki practitioners people coming forward going i'll help you and i just was like i need to create a retreat for people that can't afford it for women that need it all you need to do is teach them the inexpensive or completely free tools 
of nature, cold therapy, um, breath work, yoga, Pilates. There are so nutrition, meditation. so many things, meditation, mindfulness, general mindfulness. Because when women are spinning all the plates and they get to menopause, they can't spin them anymore because they can't spin their own plate, never mind everybody else's. So what happened to me, I learned and worked on and then felt like, well, surely that should be passed on to other women because the ripple effect of that and the kindness of that, the overwhelming kindness on Instagram goes out into community. And that woman who is taught those tools is then a better mother, a better sister, a better colleague at work, friend. It just ripples out. So my solo retreats where I'd take myself away, I would be able to go back into my family life and my work life and be a better version of myself because I'd taken the time for me. And I noticed such a huge difference that I just felt like I had to do something about it for people that didn't know about it. Because I only learned it through a retreat. So how does everybody else that doesn't go get to go on retreats know about it? But what you did is you brought that back to us as your friends, right? And we all started looking into it. And we all started to adopt some of those practices that might work for us. Um, for some people, it was cold water swimming. Um, for some people, it's just turning the shower to cold at the end of their shower. It can be whatever. And I think that's a really good illustration of you can take it as far as you want or just introduce a little bit by just dipping your toe in a bit just to see if it works for you. When we say doing breathing classes, you don't have to go and lie on a floor and breathe for an hour and howl with, you know, and let all your emotions out. You can just do something as simple as take your breath in for four, for a count of four. Box hold, breath. Yeah. It's just box breath. Hold it breath, for four, simple. let it out for four. The times, the times that I have climbed down from a raging outburst through breathing my way out of it, it's, it's, that's really, it's become really important. It stops me hating myself so much when I can't control what is an out of control temper sometimes. Yes. And, and you're, you're, you know, I'm a grown up. I know that this is not a cool way to behave. Can I control it? Not always. Do I beat myself up for it? Absolutely, every single time. Then, the, so you just get into this pit of not liking yourself. And I was very unlike Tam. Right? So Tam started to learn to like herself in perimenopause. I really liked myself just as I tipped into it. I felt like I'd had about eight good years out of my adult life where I thought, finally, you've become the woman you've always aspired to be. A good friend, a good mother, a good daughter. I, I felt like I was... You've Great. always been that woman, but you just started to see it. And I really liked it. And then, no, the hormones came in and literally obliterated all of that. And I didn't know myself anymore. And I didn't like myself. So what I suppose I'm trying to illustrate here is that some people have a really positive experience within that because they go and do the work. Others fall apart like I did. And, and other people have entirely different experiences. Nobody will have the same menopause. Nobody. And a lot of what Tam's talking about now, I can see Nid Lydia nod nodding along. Medically, right, if a doctor told you to go and walk for 20 minutes in nature every day and look up and digitally disconnect... Not with more headphones on, not yeah. with your phone in your hand. You're more likely to Listen. do it. Doctor, would you recommend that? Absolutely, yeah. It's something that I talk about all of the time. It's, you know, one of our pillars, really, this relaxation, this letting go. As you say, modern life is so demanding of our time now, um, and everyone needs it. So whether you have to find what's right for you, as, as Tamsin has said, so is it walking 
your dog with nothing else, no headphones? Is it cold water? Is it breath work? Is it yoga? Is it gardening or washing the car even? Any activity that... Or just saying, no, I can't come out on Thursday. Or saying no, absolutely. And not going because, just going, I can't come on Thursday because actually it's that one thing too far in your diary that's going to tip you into crazy lady. So it's knowing your boundaries and your limits. That's all self-care absolutely that's what and it sounds like word salad and I don't want it to sound like word salad because we're not word salady people although nutrition is big on my agenda these days in a way it hasn't been (laughs) and you know so you talk about nutrition I know that's something that you talk about with your patients Um, I do the Zoe program they came on and sponsored this podcast I dived in with a massive appetite to learn more it's revolutionized the way my body responds to me and the food that I put in it now it's been a voyage of discovery that I've loved but it's a lot of work would I recommend it 100% is it for everyone I don't know but it's definitely worked for me and the findings continue to make me feel better in myself right in terms of the stuff I learn every day on the Zoe program again you know what it's expensive right it's not available to everybody. We sit here, we talk about, oh, go and do this, go and do that. Some people just think, all right, for you, yeah, I know. you've got a few quid. And, and that, do you know what? I absolutely share your frustration. It's not fair. It's not right. Can we fix that for everybody? No. Can we share some learnings? 100%. Yeah. So please just take from this conversation what we can give freely. Yeah. But, and, you know, and if you want to jump on and, 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 and Instagram and ask us more questions happily, dive into our DMs and we'll do everything we can uh, to feed back to you. Uh, Because I think there is so much you can do away from just a prescription. Lydia, what else would you recommend outside of writing a prescription that taps into some of the work that Tamsin's now introducing to women on her retreats? Yeah, lifestyle is the cornerstone, really, of menopause. You can't really not address it. It's my starting point, always with women. Um, Sometimes a woman is so unwell that you can't start there. But addressing nutrition is absolutely key, making sure you're having a healthy, nutritious, Mediterranean-style diet with plenty of variety, nurturing your gut microbiome. Mediterranean, some people hear that and think all-inclusive hotel. That is not what we mean. (laughs) Mediterranean diet means rich in vegetables, olive oils, fats, fish. Yeah, Yeah. the Mediterranean-style pyramid is is wonderful. Have a look at that. But it really is. It's variety, it's colour, it's diversity, but it's prioritising good quality food fats as well which support hormone health it's making sure we prioritize protein which becomes much more important during our perimenopause and really key is which is part of the zoe as well the program is stabilizing blood sugars which can be done without the zoe program it's something that we need to learn about but it's really key to stabilizing symptoms and feeling better but and the, the parallels between for example what they're doing with the zoe program and what we're saying here today is it's about everybody's experience being different you're you and unique right um my gut is my gut it's not going to be the same as your gut or your gut or your gut and the same for your perimenopause and menopause right every every, so everybody has to be treated according to their own set of symptoms and by the way i mean let's have a let's have a straw poll shall we um if i just start counting in tens put your hands up and tell me when you think i've hit the ballpark in terms of the number of symptoms that correlate to perimenopause so 10 20. A couple of hands on 20. 30? Lots of them 30. 40? A couple on 40. 50? Nothing. 60? Just the one. Yeah. And you know why you know Taylor? Because you've researched this show, our researcher Taylor. <laughs> 60. 60 
symptoms of menopause. Just so you know, when I started on perimenopause, we were at 34. So we're adding all the time. It's the least fun list to be on, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's a list of... But can I be shit. positive about this? Yes, go. Because it's also the beginning of the rest of your life if you put the work in. Yeah. Isn't and, the, it? and it's work, right? It is like applying. I said this in the first episode with Lisa and Naomi. It's like you get a job that you never applied for, uh, that has no pay. The hours are 24 7. There's no day off. But you can't get away from it. So either you sit and fight it and complain, or you just dive in and try to find the best of it. And I think that's, you know, that's where, where when I spoke with Lisa Snowden and she said, it gets better, I literally could have just wept with yeah. joy at knowing that this isn't forever. She looks it, blooming. She seems like she's thriving right now. Yeah, but she, she had her menopause day. And then, do you know what the really weird thing is? It's a bit like the day that you pick your children up for the last time. You never know when that day's going to be. One day you, you stop picking your kids up, right? And they no longer sit on your hip. One day you go through the menopause and the chances are you won't even know what that day is. But it's really significant. I think it's also really important that men hear this. Yeah. Because it, it ripples into the lives of many men as well. And I'm sure an awful lot of men in my life, our lives, are thinking, all right, stop going on about the menopause. There's a lot of eye rolling. If eye rolling was an Olympic sport, I know some people that could really qualify. <laughs> but it and is, I get it, right? It's boring if you're not if you're not going through it. It's like, yeah. But when you're in it, it's everything. But and wouldn't it be lovely to be coming up to it and know all of the information that everybody is giving out now, even though we still don't know everything? It would be lovely if we would if my first thing or my first learning of the menopause wasn't get some HRT before you get the rage yeah. I mean that was as you're going through it yeah not learning anything is because the generation before us kept so shtum about it because there was so much shame around it and there is not any shame because there are some wonderful beautiful moments that come out of it what have been yours Tam the moments. Yeah, the beautiful find, moments. Well, finding things like cold water therapy, meditation, mindfulness, being so much more in touch with myself, um, nature. I mean, the, we don't now say, let's go out for a drink. We say, do you want to go out for a walk? Mm. So the way your, things, your, your pastimes change, so much more healthy, so much more nourishing. And I feel like I'm putting back into my body and my soul and my mind what should I should have been doing many years ago. And listen to your friends, right? Because so this time last year, it was coming up for your birthday. Was it your birthday last year that we did this? Where we had dinner at your house? Or was it the year before? You, no, last yeah. year. Sometimes years just evaporate, bear with. And um, so Tam had dinner at her house and all the girls went, right? And we turn up I had not seen you for a good eight weeks and she looked amazing right and she seemed amazing she felt she looked like a flower that was just in bloom and I was like wow you look really well and then another of our friends arrived Emma and Emma again I was like look at you you look fantastic they both stopped drinking right and I I was like oh god sod that and I carried on drinking but actually they were just a little bit ahead of me in their journey because now my body doesn't respond to booze in the way that it used to it's not as friendly as it once yeah. was so I can still drink just not as much yeah, and I just have to listen to that it's okay 
So but right. I'm not on that path now. I fall off all the time. And, you know, I think, oh, God, I've done six months. I'm going to have a night have, with my friends drinking. Like three glasses of wine in, I have to lay down. Yeah. yeah. So it's and just... It's just it's, yeah. you, but I keep trying, you know. <laughs> of course, you're always going to return to your favourite sport. <laughs> <laughs> but just very occasionally. But it's, it's yeah, it's a good reminder. I, I just think... You have to experience it yourself to know what's best for you. One of the, the best things that's come out of it for me is just feeling like you know your calling and that and We Free Women feels like part of my calling now. So then, yeah, I mean, and you really have jumped all over it. So Tam comes back from her retreat where you'd had to like, it was trauma healing, wasn't it? Yeah. And then suddenly all the phone calls start coming in, right? So we're a quite a tight group of friends and I'm the, the best the best group of friends to be a part of. I love our mates. Yeah. And so we're on these group WhatsApps and Tam's like, listen, I've got this idea. And it's like, sure, we'll all dive in and we'll all help as best we can. And everybody stepped up, right? Because we could see that you were good again and we're all willing each other on. We're all at different stages with this where sometimes, you know, I can be weepy and ragey and then, I'm, then I'll have a six-month run where I feel brilliant, right? And I think, I've learned now that sometimes it just, you know, it lasts for six months, then you might have another crappy two months. But the girls will go, don't worry, just having a bit of a dip. And they get it and they understand. And that, and that is all good. You know, that is, that's lovely. So while we're, while we're having these chats on this group, everyone starts volunteering. And what ended up with was 12 women came down to stay in Tamsin's Sorry, house. Sorry, 10 women ten on women. the first one, yeah. So, yeah, so what and we end up with, 10. Now, yeah, and I've now got five co-founders and two, and everyone's a volunteer. They're all running it. And two, uh, um, a project manager, like a retreat runner and also a mental health expert, and that's the team. Now, we did it in my house. Sorry, Kate, I'm yeah. interrupting as no, per. Go on. No, go on. And we did it in my house because I thought, well... It'll be a tight squeeze, but let's just do a trial. I never thought it was going to go on to be much after that. I thought, I just want to see the effects of how, if you pass this stuff on, what happens. Kate did, came and did the washing up after every meal. Lisa Faulkner came and did a chef's evening cooking. We had Chrissy from Caribbean Kitchen drive from Brighton and make all of the Caribbean food on one meal. We, um, every Julie Graham got involved Julie with her Graham husband and pitched tents for people to have tents. therapy tents. And it became, I mean, we were our retreat angels. My co-founders were all in the kitchen and we had to try not to cry all the time because these 10 women were forming a bond with each other. They're still on a WhatsApp group. I had the idea on the 16th of Feb, we did our first retreat at the end of March. So it became together so quickly. Within a few weeks, We Free Women was born because there was a need for it. And all of the practitioners that volunteered complete, like everyone did it for nothing. We, we had no outlay. I paid for food, that was literally it. Marks and Spencers have now got on board and are paying Donating food. food. Donating yeah. food. So basically, this magical four days happened. And these women arrived and some of them were like, I feel like I haven't taken a deep breath for the last six years. They came from different traumas. Some just needed a break. Some had come from domestic violence situations. It was all different. And what we witnessed with these women and their testimonials since have been life-changing for them completely life-changing which meant that we couldn't stop there so since then we've done 
so we've done three residential retreats and two day retreats that were menopause specialist retreats in Devon. People have been offering us their houses to do them there. And now there's this movement. So I couldn't be happier about it because can I just tell you this one thing, which I think you like. I've told you, but I was invited to this dinner with Deepak Chopra. I don't know if anyone knows him. He's a, he's a spiritual legend, guru, writer, legend. And it was 10 people, and I was invited because this woman said, I think you'd appreciate it at the moment. And he said, in our teachings, the first 25 years are about study and learning. The second 25 years are about family, fame, fortune, career. And the third 25 years are about service, paying it forward, giving it back, being of service to other people, passing on your knowledge. And it made me think, ooh. It made me think I'm in the right place and I'm on the right path. And the effect you have on other people comes back to you. It really does. And we were all huddled in Tamsin's kitchen um, on the end of that first retreat and we could hear the way these women were talking. And the women that arrived were not the women that left. Yeah. Their shoulders were back. Their heads were up. They smiled and their, and their eyes smiled. They felt understood and heard and listened to. And it sounds, and you say, you know, what was wrong with them? They were going through a really massively difficult time in their life, which was exasperated by hormonal shifts. Yeah. That's what was going on with them. It, it sounds really simple when I put it into a sentence like that, but it changed everything for them. And it was really powerful. So now Tamsin is registered as a charity. Let me tell you, the work this woman has done is second to none. She's doing eight shows a week at the moment in the West End. She's a single parent to two incredible children and is bringing this together so that other women can have that day, that 24 hours, that 48 hours to reset them. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. But can I just say... The other women, are the, my co-founders, are doing all yeah, the work. she's not on her own. I'm not giving her all the credit. They're doing all the work I did all while the washing I'm on up. stage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we need funds. Everyone needs funds to run these things. You can't always be paying for them yourself or doing them on a GoFundMe page. We need sponsors. We need funds. But that will all come. And we've helped over 40 women. And next year, we're going to help a lot more. Thank you for having me on this. That's all right. Thank you for doing it. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because I, I wouldn't be doing menopause and perimenopause a service if we just talked about HRT. Because that's so often where the conversation starts and stops. And don't get me wrong, we weren't talking about that five years ago, so it's brilliant that that conversation's happening. But let's look out. Let's look beyond that. Let's see what else there is that you can do for you or for the women around you. Because you know what? You know, we all come from women. Women give life. They are born as part of the cycle that ends in menopause. Everybody should be respecting this stage in a woman's life because it's how we all got here and medically you just can't argue with that no totally agree and half of the consultation is women wanting to be heard um you know and that is what i have the time to do in my consultations so it's absolutely part of it and i think these retreats is you know amazing as people feel heard and listened to and it's absolutely part of the care through menopause it really is it's really important so we know that you can go out and you can go walking, you can go swimming. I mean, for me, I'm going to throw my, my two penneth in about exercise because I love exercise. And for my mental well-being, I've, I always, my, that's my go-to is go to a workout. Right? But now you love Pilates. And I've, listen, I used to think yoga was, I'm not being funny for wimps. I was like, it doesn't hurt and you don't sweat, therefore I'm not there for it, right? I want to go and be furiously running, sweating, panting, Feeling like I've, you know, absolutely pushed myself. And I, I was doing literally six hit classes a week, right, to try and get rid of the weight gain of perimenopause. All I was doing was just turning more and more into large marge because my cortisol was spiking. I didn't understand that. And you're probably listening going, what's cortisol? Is that a mouthwash? No. <laughs> Lydia. I thought it was. Did she? <laughs> Always learning. But Every an day's an early, a school day. everyone. Uh, Lydia, what is cortisol and how can it be spiked by the wrong kind of foods, exercise, and why do we need to manage our cortisol? So cortisol is often referred to as our stress hormone and exercise will spike cortisol. Now, cortisol isn't a bad hormone. It can have a role to play, but in a time of stress when we're already overwhelmed and overworked, then it's something we really need to downregulate. And so many, I see many women coming in going, I'm just exercising like crazy. We were the aerobics generation. We're kind of trying to get out there and do it all. But actually we need to shift that back, go more to restorative, gentle exercises and strength training, which I know you've embraced as well. Um, you know, there are so many benefits to starting so to build weights. and maintain our muscles yeah, yeah. weights because because there are wider health repercussions to what the menopause does to you it does give you brittler bone, bones so our job is to make sure that we eat the right foods and we train in the right way to strengthen our bones and to make Absolutely. sure that yeah we keep them in as tip-top condition as we can so for me I've changed completely the way I exercise I still exercise four or five times a week which sounds like a lot but it's half an hour um 
you know, sometimes I'll be honest, I can spend longer scrolling on Instagram because we all do. So it's about priorities. You, if you can find time um, to, to sit and stare at your phone for half an hour, you can find time to go and just, you know, m move. It's so good for Moving you. Move in nature is really yeah. Even key. better, yeah. <laughs> and also, right, a really simple self-care thing, and I kind of touched on it earlier, say no. Say yeah. I can't. Say I, I can't. I, or even say this, say I don't want to. Like people will not stop being your friend. I've learned that. It's really, and I was such a, okay, I'll be there. Yeah, you know, driving three hours across town to not let somebody down that wouldn't think twice about saying to me, don't worry if you don't feel up to it, geez. You know, so be kinder to yourself. Yes, things. definitely. All yeah. of those things. But for me, I couldn't have got anywhere close to feeling as, as better. I'm not going to say well, because I've still, there's definitely room for improvement. But as, as better as I do now, which grammatically sounds incorrect, um, without HRT. So let's move to HRT, because it's not yeah. for everyone, right? It's yeah. not for everyone. If Right now, if I had to choose between losing my HRT and my child, I tell you what, <laughs> my God love my child because he'd have to put up with me with that HRT, but that is the only thing that comes before it right now. <laughs> That's how much I love my HRT and what it's given me back. And it is the gift that returns you and that's been my experience, not everyone's experience. So what is HRT? So HRT stands for hormone replacement therapy and essentially all you're doing is you're replacing those hormones that have been fluctuating and eventually declining throughout the perimenopause. What time, at what time of life do we start losing our, our estrogen? Because that's, that, that's the key hormone that we're trying to yeah. retrieve. Yeah, estrogen and Restore. progesterone too actually can be really noticed by women. It depends, it's individual, um, I would say average early 40s but there's women that, that starts earlier and women much later so it is very individual which is why you know younger women wanting to know what to do get to know your cycle get to know what's your normal cycle how you feel through that cycle um, but yes we start to replace those hormones that are kind of fluctuating so actually in perimenopause you can get very high estrogen at times and very low so it can actually go higher than you would in a, in a normal cycle and how would that manifest itself in your behaviors for example or responses but often the symptoms in perimenopause are actually caused by the, the ups and the downs. Our body does not like change. Our body likes to be steady. So a lot of the symptoms are the rises and the falls um, that we get in the hormones. So that's often, you know, migraine, for example, is, is, is that disruption. So a lot of people say, oh, I can't take HRT, I get migraines. That's when you should be taking HRT, right? Yeah, so you have to, there's lots of caveats. But I yeah. say that like a doctor. No, you're right. You're right. You can take um, HRT with migraines. You have to be a little bit careful with oral estrogen that can raise clot risk a little bit. Estrogen um, is what you have in your gels, your patches, your sprays. It can also be given in tablet form, but the tablet form does raise the risk of clotting slightly. So in somebody who has migraines, you would always give it transdermally, which just means through the skin. And there are various different ways of doing that. So, so. patch, gel, spray. spray. Generally, yeah, they're the three forms. Mm -hmm. uh, progesterone we take purely to protect the lining of the womb from developing womb cancer? Yeah, so progesterone is interesting. Um, so yes, if you do not have a womb, you do not need to have progesterone. You can have estrogen only HRT. If you have a womb, you do need progesterone. And progesterone gets a hard time because actually progesterone can stimulate the GABA receptors in the brain and helps with sleep and anxiety. So many women notice sleep disruption as one of the first symptoms oh, in perimenopause. God, yeah. 
And it's really debilitating. And actually, the progesterone that you take at bedtime, this eutrogestan, which is body identical, can really help with deep sleep cycles, help to calm us and help energy. So I like to... Um, yeah, and that's the, most co- that's the most common prescription for progesterone. But for, for example, I'm progesterone sensitive, so it didn't work for me. Turned me into a very weepy, emotional. Um, I was like properly unhappy. So then Naomi, my, your lovely colleague, my doctor, said we need to fit a coil. So I had a coil fitted, problem solved. Because now the progesterone goes to the uterus directly, not through my blood system uh, stream, so that it doesn't manifest itself in the same way. So there's always a solution, but again, it's not off the peg. You know, you you have, everybody's prescription will be different because everybody's menopause is different. Absolutely, yeah, no, it is. Then let's talk about testosterone, right? Because on the NHS, that's a bit of an outlier and it's only prescribed unlicensed. And then there's only kind of one product that they're happy to prescribe. And yet testosterone for me, if you listen to some of the earlier episodes, I'll give you a little recap here. Oh my God. I listened to this and I could not believe it. Go on. Well, you it's tell never what happened? <laughs> You were so rampant. Yeah. That your boyfriend at the time said to you... Stop. Stop, I'm not a piece of meat. Correct. But... From testosterone. All the blokes in the room are like, let's get honestly, some of that. Honestly. But equally, my other friend started the same testosterone at the same time. She's here today. I'm looking at her. Did not have the same impact, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, you better warn him. And she's like, I can't bear him. <laughs> I told him anywhere near me. Are you kidding me? Uh, so everybody, again, everybody's different, yeah. right? By the way, that does wear off after a while. <laughs> I haven't gone on to that yet. Yeah, but but the productivity I got from it, I mean, the the sexiness was a sidebar of happiness, right? Uh, That was great. But actually, the productivity was the return to form that I was missing. I was, like, cracking through my to-do list. I felt like me again. It was amazing. But not everybody gets that. It's, you know, in the same way that some people like a gin, some people like a vodka. It's it how you respond to things is entirely. But can I also say that your standards of yourself are so high that actually in those times when you're saying you weren't performing or whatever, I was still looking at her like, how are you doing all that? You're saying you're really low, but look at how productive and brilliant you're being. I felt like a knuckle dragger. Now that you know, even with the testosterone and everything was brilliant, just be kinder to yourself and know that your low level energy is other people's top level. But it's what about what, how you feel about you, right? I know, but that's... So, so testosterone is, is, is something that you can get much more readily from a private doctor. That pisses me off, mm. right? Because everybody should have a chance to at least have the option. You should be able to inform yourself about it and then decide whether or not, with your doctor, that's a good, a good prescription for you. What have been your experiences with patients and testosterone? It is very individual. Not everyone gets on with testosterone or needs testosterone. Um, The guidelines at the moment um, are only, the NICE guidelines say you can give testosterone to a woman who is on HRT, so she has to be on estrogen, and it's only specifically for low libido. Um, So if that is the case, you can try testosterone. So at the moment, the evidence that we have in terms of studies is that testosterone can improve libido um, anecdotally. And we know a hormone doesn't do one thing in our body. So it makes sense that it does other things like increased motivation, drive, muscle strength, stamina, and often gives you that little bit of extra, you know, oomph, I suppose. People call it vavavoom or whatever. And women do come back and say, I walk down the street differently. I feel like me again. Um, Yeah, and I was like John Travolta. Yeah. In Saturday night, that was me. I was like, 
yes, come on. Let's do everything on the list and go out. Whereas yeah. before I was like, don't phone me. I can't speak. Just go away. My, I've got two emails to send. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. And, and I'm cracking jokes because that's the default. But it's not funny when two emails overwhelm you and you don't want to speak to the people you love more than anything. That's crap, right? So that this is the, you know. So, yeah. the, the, the issue is we don't have a licensed product in the UK and it should be prescribed by a, by a specialist. So they're working on that, but it's taking a long time. Can a man get testosterone on prescription? Yes, because there's a licensed product for men. But what's happening is we're having to use a male product at a very small dose for women. And obviously, as a specialist, you're experienced in that and, and comfortable to prescribe it. But some GPs are not trained to do that. And so it can be a bit tricky. Um, so we need a good licensed product. It's on the way, apparently, and but taking a, a long time to be approved. Um. <sighs> because you know why? There's no research. And do you know why there's no research? Because nobody's put money into researching women's sexual health. There is more money being spent on erectile dysfunction than there is on perimenopause, which impacts 51% of the population. And dear God, I hope that 51% of the population are not impacted by erectile dysfunction. I mean, they can't because there's not 102% of people in the world for a start. Um, but equally, you get my drift, right? Not every man will, will struggle with erectile dysfunction, and I'm not lessening that as as a, as, as a difficult or, a difficulty or a difficult stage in a man's life. But at least there's medical evidence to prove and support the prescriptions that they're getting, and they can buy it over the counter now. You can't go and buy HRT over the counter. I mean, probably no bad thing, but... Do you know what I mean? The disparity. Oh, yeah, there's been huge inequalities in in the research. And and we definitely need more data on everything to do with menopause, really. So things are slowly changing. Do you know what? They will change now, though, because there's there's a commerciality to it, right? People are sticking menopause badges on products to sell them that aren't even proven to help. And women are so desperate to feel better that they will buy stuff that isn't going to work for them. And again... I mean, that also pisses me off. You know, it doesn't take a lot to get my rage back. <laughs> but it's not right. But do you, do you understand? So now that, there's, yeah. now that there's a financial driver, maybe now we'll get the investment. But that's such a shame mm. that it's taken that. No, this is, a, this is across the board, really, in women's health over many years. So this is, um, you know, not only just around menopause, but generally, you know, medic- medications have been tested on men. Because of our hormones, we're complicated, so testing medications on women has always been tricky, but therefore medications are not always designed correctly for female bodies. Um, what else do you prescribe to patients that don't want to take HRT or can't, you know, and who can't, by the way? Yeah, so there's very few absolute no's. Um, it's always something you have to really talk through with a specialist, uh, particularly in these scenarios. So breast cancer, obviously, a personal history or potentially a family history needs to be talked through with somebody with a specialist interest. And if you're having bleeding, um, vaginal bleeding that hasn't been diagnosed as abnormal, then HRT should not be started until how do you confu- Sorry, how do you understand vaginal bleeding from menstruation? So if your periods have become very heavy, clotty, really changed in nature, then that should be investigated. Um, and so it is very common for periods to change in the perimenopause. Um, but if it has become heavy or abnormal, then that should be checked out first off before you start HRT. Where do you stand on, like, I take lion's mane and mushrooms and seaweed and na- quite a lot of natural supplements? Where do you Medical stand? mushrooms, by the way, just to be clear. Yes. There are, there are many mushrooms that have loads of health benefits. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, what would you say about that? Yeah, the vast majority of supplements are completely fine to have with HRT. I mean, if you think that all you're doing by replacing your hormones is giving your body back what it had before, so as long as it was all right with it in the first place, you're generally okay with the vast majority of supplements. There are a couple. Biotin, for example, can artificially elevate estradiol levels, so when you test them, you can see that. But the vast majority of natural supplements are fine alongside. MCT oil, collagen. Collagen, that's a biggie. Yeah, they won't interact with HRT. They're, they're fine to take. Great. I mean, evidence base is, is different, but they um, are fine to take alongside HRT. We lose 30% of our collagen at this life stage. It does a lot. It's not just about your skin and your nails and your hair. It's gut. It's, um, it's, it's, this, I mean, it's so much that it, that it impacts the brain as well. So it's really important to keep your, your collagen levels up. I take collagen now every single day. I also take uh, a probiotic, a Simprove I use, which I found really helps with the bloating. Because some days, for no reason, I can just jump a dress size. And I have really attractive fat feet, which is lovely, for no reason. And then they go, right? The next day you look down at your feet, you're like, oh, and there's the veins in my feet again. They, they went yesterday. It's the oddest thing in the world. Um, you could do stand-up, though, based on the menopause and how it's affected you. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've just... Ha- I've tried, I'm literally, A new I'm, career. I'm trying all of the symptoms <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lydia, for women that can't afford private health care, how can they get the very best out of what's available on the NHS now? Because here's, here's an example that was fed back to me. Some doctor's surgeries don't know what is available to help their patients. One woman DM'd me and said that she'd gone into a doctor's surgery and the woman on reception was sat there fanning herself and she said, well, you might need to go and speak to the doctor about improve up in your HRT. And she was like, oh, no, I wouldn't touch that. It gives you breast cancer. That's a woman in a doctor's surgery that works there. Like, so the, the misinformation, the disinformation, the myths that masquerade as facts are still there it's definitely getting better but how can you go in knowing your patient rights and getting the best out of what the nhs has put in place for women yeah the nice clinical guidelines that were published in 2015 are brilliant um and they there's a very good summary of summary of them on the British Menopause Society website that you can download and take in and they clearly state things like for example that hrt is first line treatment for perimenopause and menopause that you don't need blood tests to diagnose it if you're over 45 Um, and they restate the risks in terms of breast cancer and blood clotting and that transdermal body identical (laughs) HRT is the safest and so those are very good to take in with you I think we're now you know medicine is changing I think being very more informed when you go in and having a conversation hopefully explaining patient choice with and speaking it through with your GP can be very helpful so I think it's informing yourself as we said before being prepared before your appointment and asking for a second opinion if you're not sure um, or a referral to a menopause specialist within the NHS right. so like Sorry. I, I was lucky enough to have Yes, so I I think your GP probably had a special interest in women's health, but there are actual menopause clinics in the NHS that you can be referred to. So um, The last time I looked, they stopped at sort of Birmingham, right? So if you're a woman in the north, good luck. Um, But that is changing. It is improving. We shouldn't be so negative because absolutely the conversation is so loud. It is engendering change. Yeah. Um, But if you say, say I am a woman in Newcastle that doesn't live near a menopause specialist clinic who do I ask to get referred to how do I get help 
there should be clinics nationwide, and this is where the menopause mandate and, you know, on World Menopause Day, they've started to kind of really speak to the government about expanding specialist menopause clinics across the NHS to try and increase um, the availability of those. So change in, in that is, is happening. It is slow. Um, so I think things will happen in the, in the future, but it's, um, there will be clinics in, in all over the UK, but it depends how long the waiting list is. Yeah. I mean, we could keep going and going and going because there's so much to... I mean, just the amount you learn just by having a conversation about it. One conversation. One conversation. And if you think about it, it's only been the last few years that people have been openly talking about it. And how lovely would it have been if at that age of most of our audience, we were this informed, that we knew what would happen. We could prevent some of those symptoms. We knew when it was happening, we weren't going crazy or losing our minds or, you know, ill, seriously ill. Mm. Oh, God, I mean, I, at one point, I thought I was, like, I thought I had arthritis. I went and had scans. No, no, it wasn't arthritis. You know, other people think they have um, heart issues because their heart Palpitations. Beat, yeah, palpitations and their heart skips a beat. That's just, again, one of the 60 symptoms. So, you know, every day's a school day. Yeah, I think we, although these are called our sex hormones that are changing, they don't just affect our reproductive system. They, we have receptors for estrogen and progesterone throughout our body, hence why we get these symptoms in our brain, our heart, our guts, our muscle and joints. Fat feet. And so <laughs> we have, um, you know, the symptoms can be wide and varied and they have an impact on our long-term health. So it's a really important time to address that through lifestyle changes, you know, um, finding your tribe to support you through this. Um, and becoming strong, fit, and healthy so that you can thrive in this second second part of our life. Yeah. And talking really helps, right? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. be afraid to go and find a therapist. Find somebody that specialises in this as an area. If your friends aren't hearing you, or your family aren't hearing you, or you just don't want to have that conversation with them, find someone to go and talk to, because once you've said it out loud, honestly, it feels different. Yeah, and it's, also it's not the end of life when you hit menopause. Definitely. I really do feel like I'm in an extremely exciting part of life now. And I'm chasing after her, waiting to catch up. No, you're not. You've got my hand and we're running. We're running together. She's always just been a bit quicker than me. (laughs) Um, We have got an incredible audience here today. Does anybody have any questions that they'd like to ask? Yes. Uh, one question from the audience, how can men better support women through this life stage? Again, I think it's information. I think it's, you know, really understanding. It's very hard for men who don't experience these fluctuations in hormones ever um, to understand how it can impact us, how we can wake up one day and be like, the world is ending and, you know, um, and sympathise with that. So it's quite, it's, it is hard. So I think the more you can read and understand and maybe learn together, you know, read through information booklets together, talk it through, look at the symptoms that can be affected and, and hear each other. Again, women just want to be heard. Um, and then support each other through it um, and, and give each other space when it's needed. But I think information and, uh, is key. Always. Yeah, I think listen to the podcasts. Because just use that as a starting point. I can't believe the response we've had to the two shows that have dropped thus far. And we're recording this on a Thursday. This will drop tomorrow. I know again tomorrow my DMs will be full of people saying how it's, how it's informed them, how it's helped them. It feels like a really important conversation. 
So it's sometimes it's about just directing people to the right conversation. Um, and for I think as well, for a lot of the, of the men that sit around us at this time in our life, be it our children, our fathers, our partners, our colleagues, I know we're irritating. <laughs> Trust me, no one's more irritated by us than us. Right? I get it. I get it. It's exasperating. It's boring. Don't ask me when it's going to end. Because yeah. if I knew... I'd be sat in one of my 15,000 homes around the world because I'd have bottled this and sold it as a solution to yeah. everybody. You know, I don't know when it's going to end. Nobody knows when it's going to end. Please, God, it's soon. Um, also, I think that, you know, it's been around, it's been here forever, the menopause. And Shirley Valentine doesn't, I mean, she exists for a reason. That was just a woman in her menopause trying to get away, yeah. not wanting to cook anymore, and being a lovely... And get off a with a hot lovely, waiter. And get off with a hot waiter <laughs> and being a Greek, on a Greek island. But I think when people, when women start to get angry and they're, they're full of rage and they snap back, most of my friends or people I know have said, I was so horrible to my partner during it. I was, I was really snappy with my kids. I was awful to my man. I think just know it does end. And also, we make jokes about it in our house. It's a, it, it has become a source of entertainment and I'm much more aware of the language I use and to keep a, a not such a short fuse, but a, a calm head and breathe, box breath. And I think once everyone's talked about it and knows, oh, that's mum going through the menopause, or that's my partner going through the menopause, once it's out in the op open, it can be something that can just be worked on. It evolves, and it will be over. And believe me, the perimenopause is the worst. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. I can't wait to get out of this bit. I'm really looking forward to my one-day menopause and life beyond that. Um, Karen. Really good question. And what happens? Do they go away eventually? I mean, like, do you go back to who you were, or are you someone different? Great question. So, how do you, a how do you know when your menopause has happened, and what does life beyond it look like? Are you the old new, a rebooted version of you, or a new you? So, yeah, the, the one day you probably won't feel any different because nothing happens on that day, really. Um, but it's a journey, as you said, through this kind of period of time. The difference, that, the main difference between the perimenopause and then the menopause is that instead of having these wildly fluctuating hormones that are up and down and all over the place, you have a steady low amount of hormones. Stability, imagine. And our body likes being steady. And then when we're replacing those hormones, then you you know what you're doing. So the, the, the reason that the perimenopause is so tricky to navigate and tricky to treat at times is because not only you, if you're treating with HRT, you're giving hormones back, but your own hormones are having an impact in the background. So once you get to the post-menopause, everything steadies out. Your body adapts as well. So if a woman doesn't chooses not to have any HRT, our body does adapt. We don't just you know continue experiencing these symptoms forever. They do settle our body. Our receptors become less hungry for estrogen uh, and progesterone. And we, we figure it out, as uh, we, we know from looking at generations before us who haven't had HRT, but it does become simpler. And are you the same as, as you were? I suppose that's tricky because you don't have the estrogen anymore and, and those hormones aren't there. So I would say you do evolve and change. Um, that doesn't mean that it's bad, um, but I would say 
your rebirth in a way, you know, as Samson has oh, said, yeah. you know, you discover a new you, a new path, a new tribe. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting. And I love it when women come back and see me and they're in that phase and they've started new hobbies and they've found and they're happy and they really yeah. found who they are. Um, see, I, I was just see looking at Tam now and I can just see smiley eyes. And, the, and there was times it. when neither of us had very smiley eyes. No. And you are, you're, you're, you're back in really good, glorious form. Well, it's the rebirth. And, and I think the rebirth is the important phase because the rest of your life can be as pleasant and joyful as you want it to be once you've done the work and found the things and got the balance and realized i think it's about i think it's about loving yourself yeah and you don't apologize for stuff like i feel like i have to now and i learn from you on this tam you're like well don't worry about it if you don't want to do that just don't do it it's okay you can quite often give me permission that I wouldn't give myself. To be and you. To be... Authentically to, you. Or just, or, or even just to have a day off from being me for a day. Just go and lie down, shut up. And it's also, fine, but you're you know. amazing. You're amazing. And that's, it's the belief and the acceptance of that that you need to yeah. surrender you to. You make me cry on my own show. <laughs> Don't do that. But yeah. Any more questions? Ah, Mardi. That is a great question. Thank you. How can a workplace support a woman at this time in their life? Because for a start, we know, right, we've got this massive deficit in the 50 plus workforce. 900,000 women have left their jobs because of their menopausal symptoms. That's almost a million people out of the workforce. There's 2 million job vacancies in the UK, I believe, right now. You know, like, and it's so sad when somebody isn't told, don't worry, we've got you, we hear you. Have you thought about going to see this person? Why don't you just take a work from home day today? Um, don't worry about dialing in for that meeting. You can jump off that Zoom if you're a bit hot and sweaty and go and open a window. Don't worry, you don't have to explain yourself. That is a start, isn't it? But what else can be done? Yeah, this is so common. I see this all of the time, women who are in you know, peak of their career and they suddenly have this self-doubt, um, don't feel productive anymore, procrastinate, everything is just mm-hmm. so much more of an effort. And it, you know, employers do need to understand what is going on. So again, I know it's re- repetition, but it is understanding, it's talking, it needs to be an open dialogue and conversation. Um, women don't often want to go to their boss maybe to talk about it it can not be the right person so having a menopause advocate in a place of work somebody who knows what they're talking about that women can easily go to and and speak about look every workplace is different so the pressures and the the, the circumstances will vary but as you say is is the temperature a problem is working home from home occasionally possible um is having some time off so you can actually go and see a doctor or somebody um an option so it does vary again this is something that's been brought up again in government to try and improve and make it mandatory in bigger companies so it is being spoken about but it's extremely key um and if it's experiencing if you're experiencing it i really would urge you to speak to work about it and see if they can get something set up with somebody maybe leading you know leading that role in 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 the workplace yeah it's it's a bit of a mountain to climb because there are so many people that will be uh lost from the workplace because of this or don't put themselves up for promotion or come out of work and then just don't have the confidence to return and it's such a shame because 
at 50 or 45 plus, which is from predominantly the, the ballpark that we're talking about, that's a wealth of learned and acquired wisdom and experience. These I mean, people are just valuable. getting started then. Yeah. That's just how I started. feel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So there's, yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot that can still be done. But I think lots is being done. I hope so. It's definitely starting. Yeah, it definitely changes. It's getting there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's getting there. Um, just some facts to clear up. Does HRT give you breast cancer? Um, so this is something that you read a lot and a lot of people are deterred from HRT because they've heard it can increase your chances of getting breast cancer. The short answer, no. Um, we know breast cancer is complex. We don't fully understand the reasons behind breast cancer. Um, it's very common. One in eight women will get breast cancer in their lifetime, and it's more common as we get older, so it's really important to check your breasts. That's the main thing. Check your breasts because breast cancer caught early is extremely treatable now. Mm. Um, Can I also say, checking mine not, not that long ago, I had a scare mm. because I found lumps and recently went and, and checked that out. And it was because of menopause and hormone changes yeah. that, and it was completely fine, yeah. nothing. But you don't realize that as well, that even yeah. your boobs are changing, your lumps and yeah. everything is changing. So I would check that because it's better to be safe than sorry. I'm so pleased I went, went and actually had it 100%. scanned. 100%, yeah. I recommend the app Copperfeel, which gives you a little alert every month yes. and tells you how to do it because many women don't know what they're doing and what they're looking for. Copperfeel's a great place to go and check yeah. out any key information. Um, yeah, they're a fantastic charity headed up by Chris Helenga. Yeah. Fantastic. So in terms of HRT, estrogen only HRT does not. So if you don't need progesterone, definitely does not increase the risk of breast cancer. Um, in fact, it lowers it slightly. Um, so it's a progesterone. Go, right. Why don't we know that? Why is that fact Again, more famous? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that's still a surprise to many people. It's the progesterone part of HRT that you use in a combined HRT that you need if you have a womb that can increase your risk of breast cancer. So the choice of progesterone that you use is important. So a synthetic progestogen has a higher risk of breast cancer than a body-identical natural progesterone. So that's the one we tend to start, and studies suggest that there's no increased risk of breast cancer with that um, body-identical progesterone for at least five years. But we do need, again, more data on that. Okay, true or false, two glasses of wine a day puts me at greater risk of breast cancer than HRT? Correct. Being overweight puts me at greater risk of breast cancer than HRT? Yes, far more. Um, if your BMI is over 30, so if you're obese, you're at far, far greater risk of breast cancer than any HRT, yeah. So please don't let the thought that you get breast cancer from HRT prevent you from exploring it as an option because every time you go to that third glass of wine, you don't think, God, I might give myself breast cancer. Every time you burst out of your jeans because you've been on a fantastic holiday and you've gained a little weight, you don't think... <gasps> breast cancer same applies and I think it's really important that we separate out the scare from the facts absolutely yeah and things are protective as well so if you exercise regularly that's very protective for breast cancer so lifestyle is again key so, so exercise <laughs> prevents breast cancer it reduces your risk yeah it's one of yeah I mean there you go right but exercise can just be a walk in nature, a power yeah. walk in nature. Exactly. You don't have to go and do... And a glass of red wine is almost salad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for all of your questions. Tam, thank you for coming and telling us about We Free Women and the work that you do. If you're listening and you think, I could, I could do with that, 
We are running more retreats. I say we because I, I you do. You are part of it, darling. I you're do. A, you're a retreat angel. I'm the washer-upper. Uh, and I'm very happy to be. Um, if you'd like to nominate somebody, go to wefreewomen.org and read about the work that they do. If you'd like to make a donation, that would be awesome. If you'd like to donate your time and come and work as a volunteer, also awesome. Uh, brilliant. You know, more the merrier. If you want some fact-checked, medically supported information about the menopause, we're going to put all the links that you need in the episode notes on this episode. But a great place to start is the, menopause, the British Menopause Society. Just, just go and check them out. Um, make sure that when you do look for a doctor that they are accredited by the British Menopause Society. That means you're seeing somebody that knows their onions. And when I say onions, I mean menopause. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I agree. <laughs> thank you both. Um, but mostly thank you for coming today with all your great questions. It's been a very special thank episode. You. My huge thanks to our studio audience, to my guest, Dr. Lydia Robertson, for her unending knowledge to Tamsin Outhwaite for sharing and well for frankly caring so much and if you want more information about the menopause or you want to learn more about Tamsin's We Free Women organisation please do take a look at the episode notes it's all there all you need to do is click and go thank you so much for listening today we'll be back on your feeds on Tuesday with something from the cellar then it's business as normal next Friday until then enjoy whatever you're doing White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.